What we got to do is I've got to preach a little bit. So um, we're going to continue on with this series that we're in called Ingredients. Okay, and in case you've missed any of these messages, they're all online. You can go back and you can check them out. And it's important that you know all these. Because what these are is the background, uh, backbone of the ridge. This is part of our DNA. Okay, this is really what makes us tick here. And the reason this series is called Ingredients is because there are five main ingredients. And I forgot to dismiss the middle schoolers. I like how they get up anyway. They're like, I'm out. I'm out. Jimmy has started preaching. I'm gone. Okay. We will see them right after the service. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry, Joel. That's okay. Um, five main ingredients to this church that make us tick. Okay. This is the recipe for a great church. Okay, not only does this make a great church, but it also helps our own personal commitment to Christ and our growth as well, which is what we're going to be focusing on this morning. In fact, we've been going through these, and where we are right now is on this one, growing people change. That's what we want to talk about today. What we want to do is we want to talk about spiritual growth. Okay, in fact, we're going to have a spiritual growth exercise class. Okay, are y'all excited about some spiritual growth exercise? Okay, we're going to be exercising together. This is going to be so good, okay? And I know as soon as I say exercise, some of y'all have mixed feelings about this. Some good, some bad. First of all, a few of you love exercise, and most of us hate it, right? And if we're really honest, most people hate the ones that really love it, you know? Um, That's kind of how it goes. But anyway, however we feel about exercise, we know we need it. We know we need it because we know that it benefits us. So what I want to talk about today is how to exercise, not physical growth, but spiritual growth. Because just like you need physical exercise to stay strong physically, you need spiritual exercise to stay strong spiritually. Now, how do we know how to do it? How do we know that it's important, first of all? Like, why are we even talking about this? Why is it important? Well, it's important because, one, Scripture says so. God, the God who made us, who created us, who has a purpose for our life, he actually gives us instruction, he gives us direction and guidance and tells us that we need spiritual exercise. Look at this verse from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says this. It says, physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise, spiritual exercise is valuable in every way because it promises life. It's valuable, but it takes time and it takes energy and it takes training To grow spiritually. And here's what it means. Here's what spiritual growth means. It means loving God with all your heart. It means worshiping him more. It means serving more. It means sharing your faith more. Basically, it means all the things that we've been talking about in this series. Really, it's, it's like actually living these out. Like actually putting these into practice. That's what leads to spiritual growth. That's what leads to change. That's what leads to the transformation that I'm after. So here's what I'm going to do today. I want to look at some exercises for spiritual growth. And the good news is, for these exercises, you don't need spandex, which is good. And you're not going to get all hot and sweaty, which is good. I don't know. Unless you do them wrong, then uh, maybe. I don't know. In fact, sometimes, in order to know what to do with exercising, you got to start with what not to do when it comes to exercising. Um, how many of you have ever been to the gym and you walk in for the first time and you see the weight equipment and you have no idea how it works, right? 
You know what I'm talking about? That first time you're like, I don't know how to do this. You need some instructions on what not to do. In fact, just for fun, I, I, I brought this video here of some people trying their best. Um, yeah, this is not how that works. Uh, we're not. I'm still not sure what she's attempting with this one here, but um, she kind of gives up and decides that um, we'll just do it this way. So we're going to go, okay, all right. Yeah, that doesn't work either. This guy, uh, <laughs> it's like a dance machine. This guy, I don't know that this is helping at all. He's just riding it. He's just riding it up and down. And then it, I don't even know how she got up there. Like, that's impressive to get up that. Anyway, don't do that. So let's start with what not to do, okay? Um, just like regular exercise with spiritual exercise, there's some things that you don't need to do. Poor spiritual exercise techniques. So if you got your message notes, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to fill in some blanks. Everybody with us online, we want to thank you for being with us this morning. Um, the message notes are on the app. You can follow along there as well. Number one is this, what not to do. Only relying on my own effort, okay? Only relying on my own effort, okay? This is where you try to do everything yourself, okay? God says in Scripture, this doesn't work. This doesn't work at all because it's all about God's power in us. That's what brings the change that we're looking for. The Apostle Paul, he puts it this way in the Bible. Look at Galatians 3.3. He says this, don't be foolish. You began by God's Spirit. When you accepted Christ, the Spirit moves in and fills your heart. He says, you began this way. Don't be foolish enough to try to finish everything on your own. You have this power now that's available to you. In other words, spiritual growth it isn't just a matter of how many reps you do. right? It's not just about how many church services you attend or how many verses you memorize, how many times you read the Bible. All that's important, yes, that is important, but there's way more to it than that. You see, I just don't want you to be confused and think that just because I show up at church every now and then that spiritual growth is just naturally going to happen. That's not the case. It'd be like going to the gym and just sitting on one of the bicycle machines, not pedaling at all, but just sitting there eating a bag of Doritos and watching everybody else. Like, that doesn't work, and it's kind of creepy. Don't do that, right? Don't be that person. But that's not how it works. This attitude doesn't work. It takes more than just showing up. Most of it comes down to what am I going to allow God to do in my heart and in my life? How am I going to allow his power to work through me, surrender more of myself, and offer myself to him? Another thing that doesn't work, number two, is only following the rules Number two, only following the rules. Rules don't produce growth. They don't. You know what they produce? They produce control. Rules control things, right? And honestly, sometimes things need to be controlled. Like when your kids are little, right, you need to set up rules in the house. Do this, don't do this, follow this, don't follow, you know, do these things. We're going to put up rules and parameters so I keep you safe and this is how you're supposed to live, right? And I'm going to check up on you and I'm going to ground you. Like if you don't follow this set of rules, right? But eventually, you got to get rid of the rules as they grow up, right? What you got to do is you got to get rid of the rules and you got to give them more responsibility. Why? Because that's where growth happens, right? That's where they mature. That's where they move forward. Hebrews lays it out this way for us. He says, your spiritual strength comes as a gift from God, 
not just from the ceremonial rules. Okay, it's all about, this is where we got to get our heads wrapped around. When it comes to spiritual growth, when it comes to being transformed more into the image of Christ, it's not just about following the rules. It's all about God's grace and his power at work in our lives. You see, there's a different mindset that we got to have because when I make it about the rules and we go back to point number one, it's not about me. When I make it about the rules, it's all about what I can do and how I can move and how far I can go. Right? That's not what this is all about. It's about how much God can do in my life. i got to make it about his grace and working with me. And truth is, this is what confuses so many people when it comes to religion. Is because when we talk about religion, we make religion about a bunch of rules. Which is a big turnoff when it comes to getting other people to try to grow spiritually or try to get people to know about Christ. They don't want religion. They don't want a bunch of rules. See, what we got to do is we got to move away from this idea of making it all about me because none of us can live up to that. We got to make it about God's grace and about the relationship we have. Right? It's just like with our kids when they grow up. Like we don't keep giving them rules as they grow up because that hurts the relationship we give them responsibility and we grow in our relationship you know it's all about grace the grace that our heavenly father gives to us and and when we understand that grace that's been offered and that he loves us even though we mess up man that's what produces the change that's when i'm actually that's when i'm actually freed up for what scripture says is joyful obedience to following what he wants for So it's not all about my power, because I can't do enough. I can't, honestly, we cannot do it on our own. It's not just about the rules, because the rules, man, they just try to control us, and we don't like that. We buck against that kind of system. Number three thing that it's not not like, it's, it's not a guilty conscience either. Number three is a guilty conscience, and this is the worst. This is the idea that I'm gonna grow by trying to feel bad. Like, if I just feel guilty enough, that'll push me towards growth. It'll push me more. And when we get down to it, man, this doesn't even make sense, because how are we going to get better by feeling bad? That doesn't work. Actually, I take that back. It does work sometimes. It works in the short. It works in the short term. Because what you can do is you can guilt yourself into doing something. You can guilt yourself, and some of us are really good at this. I'm really good at guilting myself into feeling something or, or doing something different. Like, I can feel guilty enough, but when that happens, I don't like it. That's the problem, right? And when the bad feelings overwhelm us from the guilt we feel, because honestly, we're never going to get there on our own. When those bad feelings overwhelm us, what we tend to do is we just give up. Sooner or later, even though it might work for the short term, long term, it's like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Like, I don't want this. If this is what spiritual growth is like, it's just me feeling bad about what I'm doing or not doing or all these things. I just, I'm out. I don't want this. You see, God actually doesn't want you to feel guilty. He doesn't. In fact, Scripture says the exact opposite. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 34. It says this. Who then is going to condemn us? Is Christ going to condemn us? No. We go back to this idea of grace. Right? It it goes on to say in these scriptures that he died to remove that guilt from our lives. He doesn't want it for us. So if Christ doesn't want it for us, then why? Why do we want it for ourselves? This type of thinking, man, it just does not work. So 
These are what not to do. We can't rely on ourselves. We can't just make it all about the rules. And I can't just feel guilty all the time. So if that doesn't work, then what does? Like, what are good techniques? What does God expect from us? And good news for us is I just want to give you a three-step uh, process, a very simple three-step process, actually. But it's so powerful. And I think that this will lead to the transformation and the change that you want to see in your life. And here's where I find this. It comes from Ephesians 4. Let me read this. We're going to read this together. Here's what Paul says to this church in Ephesus. He says, since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, here's what I want you to do. They've accepted Christ. You've kind of, you got this new life in Christ. Here's your next steps. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Then put on your new nature, which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So let's talk about this process that Paul gives this church in Ephesus and gives us today. You know, this is God's process here, but he allows us to participate in the process with him. So let's walk through three important parts. These are the next uh, fill-in-the-blanks on your message notes. Number one, here's what you got to do. Out with the old. Out with the old. Okay, this, this is referring to how I used to be, the things I used to do before Christ, or the things that, things that I used to do that I know I'm not supposed to do. This is the selfishness. This is the sinful habits that keep reoccurring. It's the old way. It's the bad way. Jesus is like, listen, you got to take these things off. So what is it that we need to take off? Like, what are some examples of things that we need to take off in our life every day? Let's turn to the Bible for guidance. And we find this also in Galatians chapter 5. It lays out some of these selfish qualities that need to be removed. Paul says this, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. In Mark 7, Jesus gives us a few more and he focuses on pride. But look at this list and let's talk through a couple of these things that probably need to be removed. And honestly, we could look at this list and think that there are quite a few things in here in another piece of scripture that we could find that we need to take off from our lives. Let's talk about quarreling. Some of you are like, well, I don't really quarrel with people. And maybe you don't walk around like starting arguments with people, but think about in your home. How much fuss do we do with each other? How much do, how much do we fuss with one another? How much do we quarrel? And speaking of what happens in the home, what about that outburst of anger? Or when we're out and about at work and somebody does something or says something that you don't like, or when you're driving, hello, right? Outburst of anger. It takes exercise to remove that, doesn't it? Like, this is what we're getting at. These types of things that want to take over in our life and not be about the image of Christ. Right? And then this, this last, what about division? What about, this is huge right now, y'all. If I could just get on my soapbox for a minute. Don't you think that this world is getting more and more divided? Don't you feel like, don't you feel like the church is getting more divided? Do you know what gets me? If I can just be honest with y'all, what gets me is that we can't share opinions or feelings anymore without feeling that we're divided, without feeling like we can't be accepted or loved. I hope that we, we, 
we are a church family that can offer our own thoughts and feelings about certain things and realize we're not going to agree on everything, and yet we're not divided, but we are united together, realizing that we're united in Christ through everything. With all the division that's happening in the world, I pray that the church is the place where people can find unity and see what it means to be together. So look at this list and look at, look at other pieces of scripture that find out and find those selfish, sinful attitudes and behaviors that lean us away from Christ that we gotta, that, that we gotta work on to remove out of our life every day. And you know it's spiritual exercise to remove these things. And if you look at this list and you think you got nothing on, like none of this applies, well then you just circle pride because that's you, right? <laughs> that's you. You gotta remove some of that pride out of your life. So the main point to all this is, where do I feel my life getting caught up in the old way without Christ? Things that lead me away from Christ. Maybe instead of feeling guilty about it, what we do is we learn to identify these things that are pulling us away and we say, God, help me take it off. Help me get rid of this. And you know, that is a daily spiritual exercise that we got to do to get rid of these things. So once you identify those things that you need to ask help with, and every day it's an exercise to get rid of this, I'm going to take this off, I'm going to take this off, what's the next step? The next step, Paul says, is very easy, in with the new. Number two, out with, out, number one is out with the old, number two is in with the new. I got to put, some, once I take something off, the next part of the plan is I got to put something on, right? You got to replace the old with something new, something better. You got to put something new in place of the destructive old habits or patterns, right? Let me give you an example. We didn't talk about gossip on this list, but if gossip is something that you struggle with and you realize, you know what, this in scripture, I read about, I need to get rid of this. Like I need, every day I need, God help me not participate in gossip, listen to gossip, spread gossip, I'm gonna take this off. Like what do you do? Because you can't just stop communicating with people, right? No, what you can do is you can ask God. It's like, well, let me put on encouragement. Let me take off the gossip. Let me put on some encouragement. One of the topics that was in that list was sexual immorality. Maybe, maybe start new with purity. Replace negative, destructive thoughts with pure thoughts. There are so many different ways that we could go with this, with the things we need to take off. We just got to remember that the Spirit wants to transform us, and part of the change is allowing Him to do the work when it comes to putting on something new. And if all this is confusing, like, what, how do you put on the new? He, here's how we do it. Colossians 3.3 puts it this way. It says this, Your old sinful self has died, and your new life is kept with Christ in God. Your new life... That life that you're after, that transformation, that growth that you want to see happening, it is in Christ Jesus. Through his grace, through his power at work in us. That means I've got to get closer to him. So whatever I can do in my daily exercises and putting on those new things that I need, it means getting as close to Christ as I can. How do I get closer to Christ? The closer to Christ I get, the more I become changed and renewed. So that means the spiritual exercise of spending more time with Him through prayer, through Scripture, through worship, through 
community. Those type, the more you exercise those things, the closer you get, the more you're going to put on. And if it still seems difficult to put on the new, it might be because you're missing the last step. And I already kind of alluded to this, so let's go to the last empowering step here. Is number three, what Paul says is we got to renew. we got to renew our mind. Out with the old, in with the new, and renew. Old, new, renew. What does that mean to renew our mind? Let me share one more verse that comes from Romans 12 too. It says this. It says, do not be shaped by this world. You know this world and what's popular and everything in it is going to want to pull you away from Christ, right? You know that. We cannot let the world determine where we go and what we do. So the answer to that is to be changed within by what? By a new way of thinking. Thinking the way Christ wants it. Thinking the way the Spirit is leading me. That means i got to let God change the way I see this world and the way I think about it, right? Like, if I could see this way, the, the, the world, the way that God sees it, like, if I could think about this world the way that God thinks about it, man, I think I'd have a whole lot more compassion, a whole lot less selfishness, a whole lot more compassion. If, if I thought about sin... Those destructive patterns that we just talked about. Like if I thought about that in my mind, if I really concentrate, really thought about the way that God sees this and how it hurts his heart and how it hurts me and how it hurts those around me. Like if I really allowed him to control how I thought about these things, it would change. It would change me. See, I got to let God change my way of thinking. That means I got to practice good thoughts, which is difficult. In which is a daily spiritual exercise in and of itself is trying to control what happens up here. Because you know what? This, honestly, this is the hardest thing to do is to work on our thoughts and our patterns up here. Because this is the biggest battle with exercising. And you know this with, when it comes to physical exercise because your brain can talk you out of it, right? Like, I really don't feel like running today. I really don't feel like eating well. I really don't feel like this. What I feel is having three more crumbled cookies. That's what I feel like, right? I don't feel like not. It all comes up here first. If we can get that right, man, it it leads to getting rid of the old and lazy lifestyle and, and accepting a new healthy lifestyle. And it's the same thing with our spiritual habits. When it comes down to old, new, and renew, putting off the old, putting on the new, man, it only works when you renew your thinking. That's the spiritual exercise that's going to produce the growth and the change that we're looking for is allowing Christ to renew our mind. So with all this being said, how do we evaluate whether the exercises are working? Right, like how do we evaluate that the spiritual growth exercising are actually taking root and doing something or changing in our lives? Well, I mean, it's just like working out. If you started running a mile and then you're running two miles, you know it's working, right? If you drop five pounds, you know it's working. If you have a little bit more muscle tone, you know it's working. Like if you start looking at yourself in the mirror and flexing and you have this strong desire to take a selfie, you might want to calm down. (laughs) Think about that. But you know it's working, right? It's those small gains that are important to keep us moving forward. So when it comes to your spiritual life, it's the same thing. 
Are you getting stronger in those areas that you struggle with? Like, are you getting stronger? Are you, are you doing, are you actually seeing something happen with taking off and putting on? Are you producing more fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, for example, when it comes to love, is love stronger in your life, in your marriage, than it was six months ago or a year ago? Are, are you more patient in situations that maybe you were less patient before six months or a year ago. Like, if you are, then that means that you're growing. That means that God is doing something. That means that the change is happening. And that's what we want. So as we leave this morning, let me, let me just encourage you. I want to encourage you to exercise a little bit. What's something in your life right now that you can think through? And you don't have to make this a big, I'm not going to send you out of here with five things or a list of ten things you got to do because sometimes it gets so overwhelming we don't know where to start and we don't know what to do, so we just don't do anything. So just think, what is one thing in your life, one area, that sinful, selfish, destructive pattern that you can just ask and start exercising with and taking it off, taking it off? And let's pray that God gives you something new to put on and a new perspective, a new way, a renewed way of thinking about it. Because that's what we're after here at the Ridge. We're after spiritual growth here. In fact, it's so important, we make it a value. Growing people change. That's what we want, and that's what we want for you. You are a new creation in Christ. Let him do the work that he wants to do in and through you and through this church family. Let's pray together. God, just thank you so much. We thank you that we're not alone in this spiritual growth process. We thank you that you have a perfect plan for each person in this room. God, that you have a goal for us. And that you let us take part in those plans. God, that's pretty incredible that you work with us. Like We thank you for that. So God, help us to walk out of here encouraged today to trust you more for spiritual growth. God, help us get rid of those old harmful ways in our lives that are just holding us down. God, help us to exercise every day this process of taking those things off. Those things, God, that have just become so comfortable in our lives. And then, God, help us to replace it with something better, something new, something of you. And then, God, as we move forward... God, help us change our thinking when it comes to these things so that we're better focused on, on you and what it means to live in you and for you. Jesus, we want to grow. We want to grow to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. So God, what we're going to do is we're going to trust you to provide the power that will make that happen. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.